Hi, I'm Xavier McFarlane, and welcome to the Catholic City Podcast from the Mary Foundation. Today's episode features Robert Wines, leader of the Young Adult Group at St. Anne's Parish in Washington, D.C. He's been running it for nearly two years while maintaining a full 9-to-5 job. After college and a year of service with the St. John Society, Robert and a close friend wanted to get into young adult ministry in a big way. We discussed the founding of the group, the Alpha program, the Call, Form, Send mantra of the St. John Society, the benefits of a set repeating curriculum and small groups, and the importance of keeping God as the center, no matter what. But first, if you want to learn more about Catholicism, or are looking for materials to evangelize family, friends, and fellow parishioners, please visit the Mary Foundation at catholiccity.com to order our Catholic scapulars, books, booklets, medals, and best-selling novels by Bud McFarlane. Sign up for Bud's Catholic City message, where he's been sharing profound insights, sage advice, and crazy stories for over 25 years. We are also the world's largest distributor of the Purple Scapular, given by Mary to the approved French mystic Marie-Julie Jehenny in the late 1800s. You can learn more at our website, catholiccity.com. Hi, Robert. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. So we're here. Um, I'm Xavier McFarlane, your host, with Anthony Mancini from CatholicYoungAdultGroups.org, with Robert Wines of the ARC Young Adult Group. Can you tell us a little bit about your group and how you ended up there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm the rector of the group, and, and I've been in that position for, uh, this is my second year in that position, and uh, the ARC Young Adult Community uh, is, a, is the young adult ministry at St. Anne's Catholic Church in Tenleytown, which is in Washington, D.C. Uh, and the group started about a, a little bit over a year and a half ago. Uh, basically, I, along with uh, a friend of mine, uh, had a conversation with two, two of the priests uh, who, uh, who, who we've been working with since we've been in college. Uh, we identified that after, after college, uh, people are still looking for community. Uh, and even more than that, I think that there's so many people who might not have been involved in ministry and whatnot in college that are that are looking for a community and that are really asking questions around faith for the first time because they don't have that that safety net that, that the university system offered them. Uh, so, yeah, so we start we started things up with the ARC uh, and the, the first year uh, we were kind of building the boat as we as we steered it. Uh, and then after the first year, we really put some good structure in place and uh now it's a thriving community uh serving the spiritual needs of probably about 150 young adults in washington dc uh some people even coming from maryland and virginia and uh the core of the community is is where we're a community that's centered around jesus and each individual's encounter with jesus and from that friendships are developed the community thrives uh, and we we want to form people both spiritually, intellectually, um, but then even in the sense of community. So we have a number of different offerings, including a lot of opportunities for formation. Uh, but then on top of that, a lot of opportunities just for uh, spending time with one and one another, getting to know one another, developing friendships in Christ, and uh, yeah, doing uh, doing doing the Catholic thing together, uh, which is a lot of fun, especially in the city that we're in. So if I'm just a young adult coming off the street, maybe I'm, you know, getting more interested in my faith or I'm a devout Catholic, doesn't matter. Um, yeah. What, if, what would you recommend? Let's say I find you on social media or I get invited via word of mouth. What would that person who invited me or what would be on the social media platform that I'd 
go to first? What's the first um, impression of the arc that I would have? Yeah, so I, I think for, for the newcomers, we see them often come, and, and this is, let's say it's this time of year, and, and I'll jump into to something else right after. But the, so the the first place people will usually come is one of our, our Tuesday formation nights. Uh, so those happen on the first Tuesday of the month and the third Tuesday of the month. And during these formation nights, uh, th- this year we're going through an entire series on the Beatitudes over the course of about uh, pretty much over the course of, uh, of eight months. And the the first Tuesday of the month, there will be a talk uh, given either by a priest or a seminarian uh, on a specific portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so that we've, we've covered topics like, you know, what, what was the Sermon on the Mount? What was its significance? Um, how to deal with, with difficult people, how to deal with anger, uh, friendships, th- things like that. Uh, and then on the third Tuesday of the month, we'll have one of the lay members of, of the community give a talk on a saint who lived out that, uh, who, who lived that portion of the Sermon on the Mount uh, and can be an inspiration for us. So actually, yeah, for example, we had on the first Tuesday of of November, uh, we had a talk on how to live in the providence of God. Uh, and then I was blessed and privileged enough to be able to give the talk on uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati on the third Tuesday. So in, in that sense, uh, somebody would come. Uh, they usually like will have either dinner or a snack uh, at the beginning and everybody's just kind of hanging out. And then the talk will start and then there will just be some opportunity for Q&A. But it's definitely one of those things where like, like I said, you'll hear the talk. There will be solid formation uh, spiritually and intellectually from that talk. Uh, but then you'll get very quickly uh, in touch with the community because everybody's always willing to reach out to newcomers and invite them in. And, you know, it's the type of place where if anybody's just standing there alone, somebody within seconds is going to come up and start talking to you. Um, and then the other thing that I think people co- will come to uh, as, a, as a first as a first opportunity uh, to, to get in touch with the ARC is our first Friday holy hours and social hours. Uh, so these happen, like as the name kind of says, on the first Friday uh, of every of every month. Uh, we gather as a community at St. Anne's uh, for holy hour from 7 to 8 p.m. And then at 8.15, uh, we'll either go into the church backyard or, or, the, or the church on the cross and we'll have a social. Uh, and that's just a great opportunity to spend time like after after praying as a community. That's just a great opportunity to to spend time with each other and, and meet each other and, and hang out. And really just it's, it's a very casual setting. Uh, like even this was last week we had uh, after our, after first Friday Holy Hour, we did a we did a Christmas uh, social hour uh, where we had uh, live music. Some of us were singing Christmas carols and uh, we had a bunch of food, snacks and everybody was just yeah hanging out, having a good time. Nice. Is there a social component to the Tuesday formation uh, meeting? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 usually for the first 15 or 20 minutes, it's pretty casual, low-key. Everybody's just walking in, hanging out, uh, catching up on on their weeks, and, and yeah, just, just connecting with one another. Um, so, so that happens in the first part. And, and it's, you know, it, it's very unstructured, the, the first 30 minutes. Everybody's just yeah, walking in, hanging out. That's awesome. How many people... Uh, typically come to each i'm I'm just curious um about scale here so tuesday formation how many people would you say come to a, a talk yeah be, between 80 and 90 uh every week uh on the on the tuesday nights and probably about the same number for for the first friday holy hours that's incredible dude 
Yeah. yeah. And actually, actually on, on one of our Tuesday formation nights, it was, it was literally the, the, I was so moved because uh, it was just one of those moments where you see just how hungry people are for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had the the papal nuncio uh, come in uh, to give to give a talk and do a fireside chat, and we had originally set up for a hundred, and then all of a sudden people just kept on coming in and coming in. So we set up another table and then another table, and then there was no more tables to set up. So we just started setting up chairs. And then once we set up all the chairs, like even 20, 30 minutes into it, people just kept on coming and coming and coming. I think by like by the end of it, the night, it was com- like the entire parish under Croft, which is a pretty big space, was completely filled. It was standing room only. Uh, and and my, we probably had like between 130 and 140 people. It was one of the most beautiful nights uh, of my time in this ministry. Um, but yeah, t- typical Tuesday night. Uh, we'll, we'll get, yeah, between 80 and 90, but uh, on the bigger events like that, we'll go north of 100. That's pretty incredible, touching a lot of people. Yeah, God willing, yeah, the Lord's been blessing us, and um, the actually a couple weeks ago, uh, we, we had our, like, a leadership team meeting, and I was, I was talking about that night, and then uh, a couple of, I was talking about that night, but then I was talking about a couple of other events that we had, and I was like, I was just reminded of this story about St. Francis Xavier, where I guess he was... Um, he was he was essentially dreaming, uh, and whoever his roommate at the time heard him saying more, 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 more. And the roommate, uh, right before one of his journeys, turns to him and was like, "What were you praying about?" And he goes, "I was literally in my dreams, just praying and seeing that the Lord was just sending me more and more souls." And um, at our very core, with the Ark, we are a missionary community. Uh, we and and we seek to really evangelize DC evangelize the culture, evangelize our friends, our coworkers, our families, uh, and just constantly invite. So I think it's, yeah, through that missionary impulse that many of us hold and many of us have been blessed with, that's what's leading this community to just continue growing. And, you know, in, in that same spirit of St. Francis Xavier, just keep on praying for more and more souls to come to our ministry. Amen. Yeah. So let's, that's, that's awesome. I'm just so happy to hear that there's so many people involved in this. I want to wind back the clock. How did you get to where you are? Like when, when you first started and remind me, you're, you work for the parish, right? Oh, no, no. I actually, um, I, I, I work for a separate company, uh, actually uh, more of on the government contracting side of things, uh, in the defense and Homeland security space. So, so my, my, my work in the ministry, that's, uh, that that's not my job that's um that's just something i okay so yeah something you, i do out of love that's kind of like us we have with our young adult group it is not our nine to five we don't work for the diocese of the parish so with that in mind because that kind of informs us how how did you commit initially like what was kind of like the time commitment how did you go about it how did you grow how did you build a team just like start a ground zero for this yeah so i i would say uh ground zero started um really in the when i was at american university uh that's when i started coming back to my faith and especially through the formation uh given to us by the saint john society which is uh it's a missionary order of priests they started in argentina uh they're now in argentina uruguay italy and in the united states are in oregon as well as washington dc uh so in my junior year they 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 took over the american university campus ministry and uh, they just brought something, some something very new to campus, uh, especially 
like a just a just a a new order to the Catholic to the Catholic faith that attracted myself and many others. Um, so through that, through, through them, I, I was invited to, uh, after I graduated to do a missionary year out at Oregon state university, uh, at the Newman center there. Uh, and then did, did, did my year over there and kind of just returned back to Washington, DC started, started living and working here. Uh, and a, a friend of mine who, who also had a very powerful conversion experience. We were just saying, you know, we need that solid young adult community, that community that we had in college, uh, that community that I had when I, when I was uh, doing my volunteer missionary year. We need that, but we need that here. Uh, and so starting at, at Ground Zero, we met with two of the priests of the St. John Society who were also who also had this desire to start off uh, some degree of young adult ministry. And we're sitting with them and they said, you know, maybe we could do something small. Uh, maybe we could do a Bible study, like a once a month, a Bible study. And uh, Michaela, who, 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 is, who, is, who is the friend that I keep on referring to, uh, she's definitely very bold. And she goes, no, we need something more than a Bible study. Uh, we want to do an alpha course. And if you haven't heard of it, the alpha course is you know, anywhere between an eight to 10 week course. And the entire idea is inviting people uh, to re-encounter their faith. Uh, it's specifically geared towards fallen away Catholics um, or people who have really never heard of the faith. And, and it starts really from the absolute, like to use your word, it starts from ground zero of, you know, what is happiness? Who is Jesus? Why did he die? Um, and there's, there's a talk, small group discussion and a dinner uh, over the course of, of 10 weeks. And it's a pretty big undertaking. Um, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Like I said, it's weekly. So Michaela turns around, she, she ups the ante and she goes, no, we don't like, you know, Bible study w would be great. That's fantastic. But we want something more. We, we want an alpha course. Uh, so the priest said, all right, we're gonna have to pray about that. And, and they came back to us and they're like, you know, what? we, we, we feel called to do this. We, we respect the boldness here. And, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll let's, let's get an alpha course going. So basically uh, there was some degree of a young adult community that existed at St. Anne's before uh, the arc even started. Uh, and, and they had done a smaller alpha course, but that was really splintered because uh, COVID came around and they had to move everything virtually and yeah, every, everything got splintered and, and kind of went back to zero. And so we identified some of the individuals who had been already going to to that young adult community uh, when 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 that was there, and then also some of the individuals who were going to the seven p.m. Uh, mass, which was very much so geared towards young adults. So we started with like a team of uh, like ten to fifteen of us, and it was like, all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna do this alpha course. Uh, we had. The 10 to 15 young adults, uh, all lay people, uh, one of the seminarians of the St. John Society uh, was assigned to us. And we basically said, like, all right, from these 10 to 15 people, we're we're just going to get the word out and we're going to invite and we're going to invite and we're going to invite. And then we'll do all the internal uh, internal pieces uh, as as we're moving. So we start off the alpha course first night. We probably had like 60 people. And then uh, we basically moved into like a pretty solid cadence of like. 40 to 45 people every single night. And that left us with the solid foundations of a ministry. And now we're sitting there saying at, by the end of the alpha course, a lot of people had deeper conversions, came back to their faith. It was a beautiful uh, season of evangelization. 
And now myself, Michaela, Patricio, who is the who is the seminarian, uh, the two of the priests of the St. John side were like, this is beautiful. This is great. And now what do we do? At, at what point um, is this? Is this one year in, a couple months in? No. So, so, so this started, uh, this was between uh, May of 2022 and the course ended in late July of 2022. Okay. Yeah, so this is this is uh, this, this all goes over the course of like four months. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, so, so now, yeah. now we're in like yeah, now we're in like August of 2022, and we're like, this is awesome. We have people like people are excited, people are on fire, like people are looking for community. Now what do we do? <laughs> um, so it was it was kind of a it was it was a fun part time because it was a good problem to have, and. To some degree, uh, there's there's another community also called the Ark, also run by the the priests of the St. John Society at a parish uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, called St. Michael's. And we had a meeting with them, and we basically said, like, all right, so so what do you guys do? How do you do it? Um, what are, what are what are your visions? What are your goals? Uh, so we essentially started piecing things together and trying things out uh, and and building a schedule and rebuilding a schedule. And then finally we said, all right, we think we have something here. And we had essentially like four main offerings, we'll say. The first offering were, were, were these Tuesday core nights. Um, or actually, let, let me rephrase. The, the first and main offering was, was, the, was the continuation of the 7 p.m. mass on Sundays, uh, again, which was really geared towards young adults. Um, the preaching was, was, it was very relevant to young adults. Uh, even the music was, was more, um, was more modern. Uh, and, and the feel is again, like, you know, words of St. Uh, St. John Paul II, there was a very much so a new order within mm-hmm. this mass. Um, so that, that was the, that was the, the first and foremost, that was the main offering, uh, coming out of the arc. And then we had, the, the first Friday holy hours, which which I was talking about with the social hour component, uh, we had a couple other socials uh, mixed in there, and then the other main offering were these Tuesday night core nights we were calling them. So every Tuesday night, gather as a community, uh, and the first and third we would do uh, these formation talks, and then the second and fourth Tuesday of the month we would have small groups, uh, and so we like I said we we started to fill fill that out. And then we said, all right, we have, we have a plan to go forward with. Let's roll this out. And like I said, we, we just started building the boat as we started moving. Uh, and like the first cycle of the arc went from uh, September of 2022 up until uh, May of 2023. And we, we just went pretty much on that schedule where, you know, every Sunday we had the 7 p.m. mass. Uh, Tuesdays we would have our core nights. The first Friday we would have uh, the first Friday holy hour. Uh, we would have like a third Sunday social after mass, a seasonal social. Uh, and then, yeah. And, and then that's basically how, how things started, um, for, for the first year. So DC has this, uh, this reputation, at least in our circles as incredibly vibrant and incredibly, uh, hungry for, uh, faith formation, Catholic young adult groups, uh, just culture there is incredibly strong. Would you yeah. agree with that? You know, to your um, to to your knowledge, I, I don't know how uh, extensive your knowledge is about other dioceses and other cities, 
but um, how much of, of that culture there do you think has helped, um, I guess, your ministry fill a need, or do you think that you have a, a, a larger hand in, in kind of creating that culture? You know, because everything, you kind of said it, everything kind of went back to ground zero um, when COVID hit, essentially. So, yeah. yeah, do you think that you had a hand in the revival, or do you think that there's a culture there in D.C. that kind of helped you? I, I'm, You know, talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um, on one end, D.C. has an incredibly vibrant culture, and it does have a very vibrant Catholic culture. Like, ultimately, we, we have Catholic University here. We have that entire area of, of Little Rome, uh, which when you're walking around, there's you see religious everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, which is a gr- gr- great part of the city. Um, but honestly, I, I think that also just stems from like what D.C. is as a city. You don't come to D.C. Uh, as a as a casual citizen. Uh, mo- most people uh, who, who who live in D.C. and especially like in our ministry, most people aren't actually from Washington. Everybody comes from, from somewhere else. Like I, I myself came from uh, Long Island uh, and everybody's from somewhere else. Everybody is moves to DC with some sort of mission. Um, most of the time it's, 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 it's centered around the government uh, in some way and mm-hmm. government and politics or international development and, and uh, trying to work at the, at the state department, working in international relations so it's a, it's a very mission-driven city mm-hmm. uh, to begin with. So you get hungry, mission-driven individuals who are thirsting for the truth. Uh, and that is just the culture of the city. Everybody's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly driven. Very, very smart people, very intellectual. Mm-hmm. So like that's the culture of D.C. That certainly moves down then into the Catholic culture of D.C., which, again, you feel that, that vibrancy, especially when you're in in the Brookland area, which is where Catholic University is. Um, so that's where it starts. But I would say with that, um, I think that there were a lot of individuals who were scattered um, because, again, like you have a very, very strong uh, group at Catholic University. Obviously, like that is one of the premier Catholic institutions in the United States of America. And then even the American University ministry was, was smaller, but, but strong. Uh, the, the university system at large is, is pretty solid. And there are certainly a couple of young adult groups that, that are doing it, are doing a great job around the city. Um, but I think with that, there were a lot of individuals who, yeah, were, were kind of scattered and, and didn't have that, that, that home base when it came to faith and individuals who are looking for more. Right. Um, and you provided so think, a lot of that to those scattered yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we had that night, that nice balance between like, we were offering something that the culture was thirsting for. That's great, man. I, um, I know that DC is on average incredibly well educated, you know, almost everybody, um, you know, went to, went to college and, uh, there's a lot of people that got postgraduate degrees, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there's kind of a, a question, um, kind of off the script, uh, in a way. Um, we were talking to somebody not too long ago that was 
really trying to break into that, um, for lack of a better term, uneducated democrat demographic of people. More like blue collar. Yeah. Um, tradesmen, that sort of thing, who went right out of college into um, a job, probably a mm-hmm. trade. Um, they don't have any exposure to uh, uh, college ministry or Newman group, any of that sort of thing. Is yeah. there... Is that something that you would that you do pay attention to now, or would ever would oh, yeah, ever yeah. pay attention to? Do you have like a plan for that? Because I feel like as as time goes on, there's more and more people who don't go to college because of the expense. Mm-hmm. So, is there sort of a plan for that? I know your your area is very you know still going to college is is a big thing, so you might not need to in a certain sort of sense. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? No, and I think that, I think that's a, that's a great question and, and it's a great point. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know what the, what the statistics are, but like you said, when it comes to DC, uh, especially like the, the, the Northwest part of DC where, where the parish is like the vast majority of people um, have, secondary education, certainly, um, certainly an undergraduate degree. Um, and many, sometimes like I, 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 I have my undergraduate degree and sometimes I feel like, like, Oh, I, I got so much more to do when, when I'm around some of the people. Cause right. many people have many degrees. Um, right. so, so that certainly is the, is the bulk of our ministry. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think that it, it's a great point and it's something I think certainly worth, worth looking into. Um, when you, when you look across, across the city and when you look at DC at large, um, and yeah, I, I don't have necessarily a plan for that right now. Um, but yeah, I, I would like just when thinking about that, I, I think I'm from Long Island. Uh, I'm from the South shore of Long Island and, uh, definitely more of a, of a, of a blue collar feel, There's certainly a lot of white collar workers, but also a lot of blue collar workers. Right. And I see a lot of the, the revival, uh, in, the Catholic church there. Um, and specifically this one parish that, that, that my dad goes to out on long beach, um, really appeals to, to, to that blue collar demographic. And, um, I think what, what I've seen for them, I've gone on some like men's retreats w- w- that they're doing. And, uh, it's just about like cutting to the core of the issue and taking off the gloves and really just, being fully authentic and talking about things, uh, you know, the way that I like to say it, it, coming from New York, talking about things in a New York way, which is, you know, no, no fluff, very straightforward. Right. Um, and, and tackling the issues where they're at. And I've seen that, uh, really revive a couple parishes on long Island. And, you know, now just thinking about it through this conversation, I, I would love to do something like that here. Yeah. And I think this, it's kind of already baked in your ministry, this alpha course, model would help anybody it's kind of a catch-all so anybody at any point in their faith can can come and and get something out of it i think that in a sense you've already done it which is great um but just kind of challenging you um just based on the area that you're in it's 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 one particular demographic and i feel as though there there is another demographic out there pretty uh pretty large one that I think is really just harder to catch, harder to appeal to just because there's no contact, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking mm-hmm. of that, of reaching out, um, 
One of the things Anthony wrote down before this is the phrase call, form, send. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the so this is the, the, the mantra and the motto of, of uh, th- that comes from the St. John Society and a lot of their ministries. This is the mantra of call, form, send. Um, so the first is that initial calling, that initial invitation uh, that someone receives to come to a Tuesday core night uh, or to, to, to come to an alpha night. Uh, and it's through this calling. Yeah, it's, it's usually uh, through a friend or through a colleague uh, or through a family member. But you know, we, we really do believe that initial calling starts again. It's through the, the invite inviter or uh, sometimes through Instagram or whatever. But it's really the, the Lord calling that person um, to a relationship with him and to a deeper encounter with him. And, and this starts with those, those, those first seeds, that first invitation. So that's, that's the calling and the, really the, the crux or the, or the, or the main, uh, piece of that calling as, at least when it comes to the, the formalities of the ministry is through the alpha course. Um, and it's through that alpha course where people, I would say re encounter their faith for the first time. Uh, cause like I said, uh, a lot of, a lot of, it's, it's a lot of individuals who grew up Catholic, who received the sacraments. You know, we're very much a community of the new evangelization. Um, so it's, yeah, we, a lot of us receive the sacraments, but uh, might not have had that true encounter with Christ, not, might not have experienced what it means to know that Jesus died for my sins and he resurrected so that I might be transformed. Um, so that's the initial calling of, of that initial encounter with Christ. And yeah, that happens largely uh, through the Alpha Course, and then the Alpha Course concludes with uh, a retreat, and it's on this retreat that a lot of individuals have that that their spirituality, their soul awakened uh, by the reality of the resurrection for the first time, and the reality that um, the reality of the Holy Spirit. So they're called Holy Spirit Weekend. Um, so that that's that initial calling, uh, and then form is especially in the culture that we're in, uh, especially living in a post-Christian world. Um, once you've had this encounter with the living God, uh, that encounter needs to be formed and shaped uh, and forged. And again, everything coming down from the St. John Society and reinstilled in the ark, uh, the intellectual formation and the spiritual formation um, and then also like that communal formation is so, so important. Uh, and that's, that's found in the, in the daily rhythms of, of the arc, our Tuesday formation nights. Uh, l- like I said, last year, uh, excuse me, this year we're, we're, we're going through, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, last year, uh, we had an entire course on the Old Testament and the Bible. Um, and then we have, uh, of course the formation that just comes from the preaching at mass, um, so again, the, the formation part is, is found just through the living, the daily rhythms of, of the arc and being part of the group, uh, and receiving the intellectual formation, the spiritual formation, uh, and then that growth in community. Uh, and then driven by that missionary impulse that, that we were talking about again, uh, we are a ministry of the St. John society, which is a ministry, uh, a missionary order of priests. Um, we, we really believe that, that that we didn't have this encounter and we didn't receive this formation just to sit in, in, in our silos, uh, but rather we, we're the Lord called us and the Lord saved us 
so that we might go out on uh, on that great commission and call others. Um, and that's where the sending part happens. And I think send the send model happens in, in two ways. Uh, you know, once you've re- like had been called by the Lord, once you've been formed, now it's just about inviting your, your, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your peers, the people in your everyday circle to this new life in Christ that you've received. Uh, and, and that happens through invitations to the Alpha Course or invitations to the Tuesday Core Nights and, and you going out and being the missionary yourself. Uh, and then, you know, I think being in Washington, D.C., it is a rather transient city. Um, and I have a great example of this. It's a rather transient city, so people are moving in and out all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's not the expectation that you're going to settle down in D.C. Uh, so that wherever you go, you are now sent. You, you don't just go there because it was casual or convenient, but rather the Lord has you where he has you for a reason. And you're called to be the leaven in the bread. So if you, if you leave DC to go back to your hometown, like you're called to be the leaven in, in the bread there, uh, you're called to be uh, the light of the world and the salt of the earth there, wherever that might be. And, Great, great example of this, and uh, I think she'll she would kill me if I shared this story, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, Michaela, the 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 my my, my counterpart uh, in in the first year of this, um, she went to graduate school uh, in in England, and she she's over there right now. And yeah, she, she was called through the Alpha course back when we were in college. She's been formed extensively over the last couple of years. And she went to graduate school in, in England and, you know, she was sitting there and saying like, you know, I don't know how the, how the Catholic community is going to be over there. Uh, you know, I, I just expect this to be a really beautiful time for me to spend a lot of time in prayer and, and to maybe not uh, be so missionary in my spirituality. Mm-hmm. Within, tw- within 24 hours of her being there, uh, she gave a talk to this new group that was uh, starting their first ever alpha course on how to run an alpha course. She was tabling for that alpha course. She got fully involved in the community and she's inviting friends and roommates. And she's got so many stories about like she, she, she was out with some friends one night and one girl came up to her and was like, you're the Catholic one. How do I get more involved in my faith? So you want to talk about being sent. She was sent to England right. and now she's she's <laughs> literally leading an alpha course over there. I have two questions. So what group was this? that she was talking to curious uh it was she's at the university of sussex uh and it was the 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 campus ministry uh for the university for the university over there which i want to say is run by it's an order i want to say benedictines but i but i but i could be wrong about that um but yeah but yeah so they run some of the campus ministries in that area of england we'll look into it uh the other question was if xavier and i wanted to incorporate an alpha course for our group yeah who would we talk to um how would we find more information on it so you could just go straight uh to the alpha website mm-hmm. um and what's pretty cool so so, so alpha was a concept it, it actually i think it, it started in the in the church of england um and it was very much so like in, in the spirit of c.s lewis's mere christianity it was very much so about like the basics of christianity Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it took such, like it, it really took, took ground and took root. Um, a lot of other groups started incorporating it and many, many Catholic, uh, Catholic churches also started incorporating it. 
So that led to uh, actually uh, uh, an alpha with a very Catholic curriculum. Um, so I think, yeah, I think if you go to the alpha website, um, if you go to the alpha website, they, they have like a, a course specifically for uh, a Catholic parish doing, doing alpha. Uh, and then the other thing, as I would say, is like, we have the slide decks, we, we, we have the, uh, the speaker scripts, we've uh, written and changed a lot of it on, on our own and, uh, Kind of fit your needs. Made our own edits and yeah. yeah, improved it. So so if you're looking to start one, I'd be happy to send you all the curriculum from ourselves. But if you want to start, the first place to go is, is the Alpha website. We just might, man. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah so it's a great tool of evangelization. Yeah, it sounds like you continue to run the Alpha ongoing as like a seasonal thing. Is that accurate? Every summer, yeah. Okay, we start every planning summer. in the spring, and then we actually run it during the summer. Okay. How critical would you say that is for? I mean, you said you're like a year and a half in now. Like how critical yeah. would you say that is for like keeping sort of the flame alive? Because one thing, one topic we kind of talk about with different leaders is the danger of burnout and just like whatever group dying off as soon as the initial sort of founding leadership moves on. Um, and like that spark is gone, you know, you get like the new kid on the block kind of benefit. It's like, oh, let me check this out. Do you think Alpha is a big part of why you're not just ending up with like the same 30 people every week. I, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, because through alpha we're constantly attracting new people and new encounter and individuals having that, those, those initial encounters with Christ and, and his church that are just like beautiful to see. Like even as even outside of you know, it's kind of in season and out of season, you know, we constantly have new people and people who are who are coming back to the faith, searching for the faith, things like that coming all, all throughout the year. Um, but, yeah, so there there's constantly that that individuals who are finding their faith in its fullness and its reality for the first time. Uh, and that especially happens during Alpha. So I think that keeps the flame. But then I think the second thing that keeps the flame is there's a reason why the Lord, you know, as he's ascending into heaven, you know, says, says go and, and spread this message to all corners of the earth. Um, and I think evangelization is the single greatest way to keep your faith, your own faith alive and sharing your faith, because there's a certain reality uh, that you see. And it's like, you're constantly having your own deeper conversion every single time you invite a friend or a, or a peer, a colleague, whoever it might be, um, and like evangelization and, and having a missionary heart keeps your own faith strong and alive. Mm. Um, and I think since so many of us have been instilled with this missionary impulse and have been blessed with it, and it's, you know, it's truly a, a gift of the Holy Spirit that we see in our community. Um, some, some, some of us, it's very obvious and, um, it, that I think is what keeps that fire going. Cause it, again, it's, it's never just like you've been called, you've been formed and now you just receive, receive, receive. But at a certain point you're called to, to be sent, you're called to give. And it's in giving that, that, that the, that the flame of faith is, is constantly renewed. Yeah. And I would say in a practical way to have a curriculum or sort of guide put before you where, you know, you can, apply creativity and changing that curriculum a little bit to fit your needs and your ministry to have a, a path forward it kind of puts your mind at ease in a way that, you know, maybe you can describe, but it's like, okay, we're doing this today. That's 
essentially the box is checked, I get to focus on other things like building a deeper relationship with somebody I've seen come a couple times to my group or Tuesday formation, that sort of thing. So having the curriculum sort of set before you uh, gives you sort of peace of mind, perhaps, and kind of staves off burnout, maybe, to Xavier's point. Is there is there an element to that where it's like, okay, that's taken care of. We got everything set. We planned for this. We just need to accomplish it sort of thing. We just need to go through it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's spot on because, like, at a certain point, once, once, like the curriculum is set up, the speaker is ready to go, and, and, and you know, we got the food for the night, and we, we, we figured out, like, all right, how much food do we have to get for the next six months? And, and we've done all like that background planning and, and having that, that like the logistics planned out mm. that then allows us to focus on the people who, who are coming and to really uh, not have to worry about like, all right, what's going on in, do, do we have enough food? Uh, are there enough chairs? Like, do, do we have a curriculum set out in front of us? It's like, all right, now that like the, those logistical parts, which are very important, are mm-hmm. planned out. Like the most important part is receiving the people who are walking into that room every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and it's that focus on the people that, that, that I think prevents burnout because again, that's where, that's where, like, that's where, you know, I, I think the, there's a lot of grace in, in being faithful in setting up the logistics and, and, and the Lord sees those very small actions. Um, but I think where we receive and feel like that greatest joy is in, is in the encounter with the people. And I think that's what keeps the like things alive because again, you're not so focused on like the background and the logistics, but you're focused on the people. Well, I think as a leader, you put so much time and effort in making it an experience for the participant. And I think yeah. if you as leader make things as such where you can become a participant yourself it almost has a different effect on you. You know, the burnout really comes in the leadership, not in the participants necessarily. So I would say trying to put yourself in a position to be formed by the thing you've put together yeah, can, can only, like, have a positive impact on you. I don't know. No, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Allow yourself to be formed by the by the service. Sure. So I'm curious about another element to your ministry uh, that we talked about over the phone a couple weeks ago, um, and and this is a kind of a reoccurring theme, especially for bigger groups where there's uh, small groups. So my idea of what this means is you essentially either assign or maybe they organically form. Uh, smaller sections of the community and you have them go out and live life together in some capacity outside of the regular structured events on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, is this something that you have? Did I, did yeah, I hear you? Yeah. Right? yeah. So how do you, what is that? And can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we have, we have the larger group and the, and the formation nights on, on the first and third Tuesday of the month. And then on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, uh, that's when we have our small groups mm-hmm. and small groups are anywhere between, you know, seven and 12 people. And they'll, like I said, they'll meet uh, the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. And uh, yeah, this, this is the time to really go deep uh, in, in what was discussed during the formation nights. Uh, so 
there will usually be some sort of like question guide or discussion guide based on the talk that we that we gave. Um, but the idea here is to one go deeper in the talk, but then also to go deeper in our relationships with one another and as as that small group. Um, and so like it's 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 a very intentional the way that we set it up. So like the first thirty minutes of the group is we, we'll just have dinner or a snack uh, together. And that's just completely unstructured. Uh, and there's no there's no discussion questions there. It's just literally like, you know, especially like uh, with, with my men's group, it's just like like the boys are hanging out and we're just having a good time. 7.30, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock comes around. We'll start with, uh, with a prayer. We'll invoke the Holy Spirit uh, and just be reminded that, that God is in our presence. And then we'll go into highs and lows. And yeah, it's just an opportunity for like over the last two weeks, what, what was one high, what was one low? And this is certainly a, a degree where, where you know, you're supposed to get vulnerable and you're, you're supposed to share, uh, what, what's really on your heart and take, take the mask off and just recognize that like these guys are here to, to love you, to support you, to walk with you in faith. Uh, and then after that, we'll have like a 30 minute discussion based on, on the discussion questions. So, so that's kind of what it looks like. And then of course, like the, out of that small group, the, the, the friendships form organically and, and you start to just develop this uh, kind of this, uh, yeah, this, this, this feeling of like, all right, these are, these are my brothers in Christ. These are the guys that I'm closest with. And these are the guys that are going to become my friends. And these are the guys that when I need something are going to be there for me. And, and you, you know, we, we've done some fun stuff. Like a couple of us did a tough mutter a couple of weeks ago out of, out of our small group. And then, you know, we've had watched boxing matches together. So, so we've done a bunch of stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and that, mm-hmm. that, that just forms organically. So do the small groups meet, is it, it sounds like, I just want to confirm a few details, I guess. It sounds like it's the same 7 to 12 people regularly. And then do you meet at the church? Do you meet at somebody's house? Is it sort of organized at a secondary level? Like how, how are some of these kind of background logistics set up? Yeah, we the small groups are supposed to be very um, comfortable. So we meet at an individual's house. Um, so yeah, somebody's apartment or, or yeah, somebody's house, uh, just kind of in their living room and just hanging out. And these are men's groups and women's groups. You do that purposefully. Yep, men's groups and women's groups. Um, and yeah, just just to go back and, and answer your first question. Uh, one of the small groups has been going on for two years. Uh, we added in another small group that, that uh, we added in, in, in another two. So uh, on the men's side, so we have we have four men's small groups. Two of them have been going for two years. One of them is this is their first year together. Um, so the idea is that these groups are, are formed and then they stay together for, for a long time. Um, and then on then the same thing on the women's side that we have some going now for two years. Some of them are, are brand new as the ministry grows. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're intentional in separating these as men's and women's groups. And, um, you know, I, I'll let, uh, Michaela or Mark Carmen, who's current, currently, um, running the group with me. Uh, talk, talk on the women's side, but I can tell you at least for the men's side, like having that, that separation and just being guys in the small group allows for a, a degree of, of vulnerability and a, and a degree of like taking the mask off to mm-hmm. that just allows for, for a more authentic uh, night. So did you, how did you like pick the people who went into each group? Was it like you had sort of an open thing, like anybody want to do a small group, we'll put you together? Was it completely organic initially? Is it just totally assigned? How does that work? Yeah, so, so it's pretty much assigned. 
Um, so basically, it, after Alpha finished up in the first like two weeks of of the arc, we did a huge outreach initiative to everybody who came to Alpha, everybody who was already involved in the arc, inviting to be part of a small group. And basically, like we had a couple hundred people sign up, uh, uh, about a hundred uh, north of a hundred people sign up uh, to be part of a small group, and then. Uh, we sat down as a, as a leadership team with the two individuals who are actually the small group chairs, uh, as well as one of the seminarians. And then we built out the groups uh, from there and things that we took into consideration, like were logistics, um, you know, what, what, what Metro line is everybody on and, and what neighborhood in DC do they live in and things like that. Um, age was a big thing. And then also like stage of life um, so that we tried to create groups where, individuals had had common experiences um so we we have guys we have some groups who are a little bit younger some groups who are a little bit older uh groups of guys who more of them are married uh groups where there's more that more people are single um but yeah trying to kind of mix together that 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 Mm -hmm. art of finding people who who would identify with who would identify with one another okay yeah that sounds really good so you had like a whole maybe not like a big thing, but like a little application process where they maybe like filled in a form with this info so you could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. It was a Google form. Sounds good. That's pretty incredible attention, attention to detail. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a fun process. It was almost, it almost felt like a, like a draft day in the NFL where we're trying to figure out like, all right, who fits where. Yeah. One thing I like about this is it's kind of like what you have set up and this is probably a big kudos to the, um, the St. John society for helping, like just knowing this. I mean, religious orders are always awesome when they're vibrant. They just sort of know what works and like how to go about it. But it's, it's like a holistic system where you have alpha to bring people in and like keep that like, Hey, we got to invite people for alpha this year instead of just like, Hey, remember to invite some friends to come to Tuesday. It's more like alpha's coming up time to do the big invitation drive and like always be inviting anyway. And then new or maybe even people who haven't done it before who are coming to stuff, go to the alpha, they get drawn in, they meet with the same group of people regularly get in touch. So it's not just that solo new person at the established group feeling. Then they wrap up Alpha and they have the the retreat where they get to go deeper and encounter Christ. And then after that, they're like, what's next? What am I going to do with my life? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you're like, hey, do you want to do a small group? And then people are like, yeah, that sounds great. And they get to be paired up in these groups. And it flows. Like then they have a communal life together, but they still have the opportunity on the other Tuesdays of the month to come in for deeper formation. Friday for that holy hour and just kind of big social like the whole thing flows together very organically yeah. and very nicely. Cause I'm thinking to myself now, like with our group, we get about 20 to 30 people regularly and it's just small group discussions on sort of a topic that there's like 12 or 15 people who help kind of lead the groups, but there are varying depths cause it's just an hour and none of us have like PhDs in theology or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, Hmm, well how would we, we'd be able to like put together maybe one small group if we tried. It's like, you can't just pull it out of the ether. So I just like how all of these flow into each other. It's like a very clean, almost formula for success, but also like meaningfulness, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and to that point, one, like we try to do 
everything with with a reason and intentionality behind it. Um, like th- there have even been ideas that are good ideas or events that are that would be a good event that we we sat down, we thought about it, we prayed about it, and we said no to because like we wouldn't have that same intentionality about it, or or or, or we wouldn't be able to put like. It, everything into it this the way that we do with our current structure and um so everything has a certain intentionality behind it and to your point like it's supposed to have a very natural flow uh and then you know you're just going back to your point about the religious order and the kudos to the saint john society is the arc has the arc in washington dc at saint anne's parish has its own feel and it's our own identity for sure and we had to come up with our own structure to some degree but at the end of the day the idea of call form send and doing an alpha course having some sort of formation group and then having some sort of opportunity to send that started you know st john society started a little over 20 years ago in argentina and this model and this uh, method of evangelization has been done across Argentina, in Uruguay, uh, in Oregon, in Portland, and in Corvallis, Oregon, uh, in a couple cities in Italy, and now and now it's in Washington D.C. So um, it's 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 part of a, it's part of something much much larger that that really is an international and, it, and it's been t- time tested now. Is is Saint John Society? Uh, are they the administrators of Saint Anne? Uh, they are not. Uh, they they they're not the pastors of, of Saint Anne's. Uh, they're um, they they live right by Saint Anne's, uh, and, and they they work with with the pastor of Saint Anne's uh, to 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 operate some of the ministries within. For example, like the um, like the Ark. That's good to know for us because there's so much value in, like Xavier said, religious religious orders. Um, the, it seems like they're very eager to help a young adult yeah. group or an initiative like this, and they typically have the manpower to do it. I don't know. They're they're very they got a lot of zeal in in our experience, and our host parish is a diocesan run one as well. So this is kind of opening up ideas for us. You know, we have uh, various religious orders around us that might be willing to help out with what we need yeah, as no, well. Yeah. And, and it's so great. And one thing I will say is like, none of this would be possible without the, um, the presence and support uh, of the pastor of Monsignor Watkins, who's the, who's a, he's a diocesan priest, uh, for the archdiocese of Washington. And, um, he's one of, he's one of our biggest supporters. And, and, uh, so like, it's a, it's this nice partnership between, uh, the between Monsignor Watkins and then like the larger Archdiocese of Washington, the St. John Society, and then also the, the laity uh, mm-hmm. and and the young adults who, who do more the the day to day. So it's so we like all three parties are are very involved and invested, um, and it's all of us coming together to serve to serve this this larger mission. Right, right, right. So where where do you see? Arc Young Adults in a few years? Like, are you planning to stick around long-term? Um, do you have thoughts on, like, just where it'll go, how it'll keep going, maybe a handoff, or what? Just 
Where do you see it in a few years? Yeah, it's it's something I've been thinking a lot about recently, um, especially because now we're in a position where um, where we have a lot of people, and there's a there's a lot of needs to serve, and there's a lot there's a big missionary impulse, and people are coming from from a, from a, across DC. Uh, and what I'll tell you is, we're having a vision day on on the 14th, and I think we'll pray fervently to, to see where it, where it goes in the next couple of years. But I, I, what I'll say is I, do, do we have a roadmap or a plan? Uh, I would say that the Lord knows a lot more than we do as to where this, this can and will go. Um, yeah, but I, I would just love to see one, of course, more people and, and how that shapes out is that, does that mean that we start working with a couple of other parishes around DC uh, to, to start our young adult groups there. Maybe, maybe that's, that's one way. Maybe it includes, um, helping out with, with high school ministries, more opportunities for service. I think there's a million ways that this could go. Uh, and it's something that, 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 that we're thinking about. And it's something that we're, we're starting our planning for. Uh, and actually I, I, I yeah, yeah, and actually, like, yeah, like uh, we have our, like I said, we have our vision day, and I, and it's not, it's not pe- mapped out yet, but I think we're getting there. Mm-hmm. I know that was an odd answer, but yeah, the, answer, no, that, the bottom answer is, is the Lord knows I don't. That that's actually a really good answer, I think. <laughs> you know, because it, it's it's so hard to know, so hard to yeah. plan things for the future. Yeah. Like yeah, it's so much of this was just a, like a movement of the Holy Spirit, and the numbers that we're getting was not something that we were expecting. And um, yeah, it, it's beautiful to see, but now it's like, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. is we have something here, and and we have to care for it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess kind of wrapping up, what what are like some tips you might have for a new or prospective young adult leader? Just like either like a big thing you wish you had known early going in. Like maybe it was something you could have done or a mistake, something you shouldn't have done. Just a few thoughts for that, for that person who's considering becoming a young adult leader, maybe a priest looking to start a group, just sort of general advice. Yeah, general advice uh, and, you know, this might sound obvious, but it's something that as a church we need to revive is everything, everything, everything starts and ends and is through Jesus and, and, and the movement of the Holy spirit as an offering to the father. And it's just like keeping everything Christ centered and ensuring like one as a young adult leader who's starting a group or who's thinking about starting a group, like your personal relationship with Christ has to be the most important thing in your life. And it's from that that you're gonna that 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 you're driven to to worry about and care about all the logistics of of running uh, running a young adult community. And then when you actually have the young adult community, um, not 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 to sound like too uh, not to sound too harsh, but like the friendships and the community and and the social events and the formation, like all that is are great and beautiful that's all secondary to each individual's relationship with, with Christ and to the mission of evangelization and letting the world know that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he resurrected so that we might be transformed and live a new life in him. 
Uh, so like that's got to be the center point, the focal point, and then everything else flows from that. The community flows from that. The the social events flow from that. The the formation nights flow from that. Uh, all the way down to the, the configuration of chairs and the sending of emails and the and the and the day to day logistics. But everything starts and ends and is through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That is just. It's like that that joke from like grade school. It's like, what's the answer? It's always Jesus. It is. Yeah. It is actually yeah. always Jesus. Picture in a math test in grade school. It's just every answer you fill in Jesus. What do you mean I it's, got all of them wrong? It's you spot know? on. <laughs> all right. So it's like a last thing for anyone who might be in the D.C. area, whether it's a young adult listening or a priest who might want to reach out to learn more about help with a group or like parents or grandparents, uncles who are like, hey, this would be really great for my kid or grandkid or nephew. How can people find out about you, get a hold of you, and show up to something? D.C. area and beyond. D.C. area and beyond, uh, we have a pretty uh, we have a pretty solid website, uh, thearcdc.org. I think I'm getting that right, but yeah, thearcdc.org. Uh, or if you look up uh, Young Adult Ministry Washington, D.C., uh, I think we're, we're the we're the first ones that show up, and then of course we're we're on Instagram. Uh, we're very active on Instagram, uh, and then you know I think we're 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 reviving a, a Facebook page. But yeah, basically the the website, the social media, you go to the St. Anne's website, or you just uh, go to, directly to us at uh, thearcdc.org. Uh, but then again, I would also point you to our Instagram, or you could also go to catholicyoungadultgroups.org and type in what's your address, Robert. Uh, the address we're on Yuma street in Washington, DC and Northwest. Uh, I'm actually forgetting the number, but Yuma street, Washington, DC, Northwest zip code is two zero zero one six. That's great. Awesome. And then all the information should be on there. Okay. And we'll put, we'll put something in the the description, maybe the link to the website so people can click there too, if they're in like a podcast app or something. All right, Robert. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your experience and wisdom and reminding us and everyone else that Christ is always the center. I think that that's something that's easy to forget in the day to day. Thanks, brother. Um, So we're glad you're here. Thank you to everyone listening. And uh, that's all, folks. Yeah. Thank you for the work that you guys do. And I love talking to you. I had a lot of good time doing this. Us too. We hope you were inspired by this podcast and we encourage you to share it on social media and warmly invite you to distribute our Catholic scapulars, medals, books, and booklets to your family, friends, parish, and social groups. Visit us online at catholiccity.com for more information. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, please pray for everyone who hears, reads, or wears our materials. Second, share them with everyone you know, family, friends, fellow parishioners, and the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally, Please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising here at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our materials costs. So please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to working with you. May God bless you always. And now, here's a short preview of our Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet, the most popular rosary according in the history of the world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without permission is prohibited.